Olympic Channel podcast. What does the word courage mean to you? Strength? Bravery? Maybe the ability to speak out or do something that might seem frightening? Here's what US basketball players Paul George and Andre Drummond think. I think courage is, is doing the right thing regardless of the outcome. It's all about bravery and, and doing what's right in the heart, regardless of what you're stacked up against. You know, when somebody has courage, you know, they go against all lies of what anybody says. You know, all the doubters, you know, they find a way to get the job done. How can we find that courage? What's it like to face your fears and succeed? And how do you speak up when it all seems impossible? Hello, my name is Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we find for you the very best Olympians and we ask them to go in deep about the biggest Olympic talking points. We want you to think just like an Olympian. Olympic Channel Podcast. Today we hear from Olympic gold medalist gymnast Eleftherius Petronius. We asked him about how to face up to the tough times. When these difficult things are happening in your life, you need to choose between two things, to give up on everything or to go harder. And we talk about the American gymnasts who had the courage to speak out in the hardest of circumstances. Ali Raisman and, uh, and the other girls from, from the US team, they are heroes for what they did. Olympic Channel Podcast. So, it's two years to go until Tokyo 2020, and one of the names to keep an eye on already is the Greek gymnast known as the Lord of the Rings, Eleftherius Petronius. He hopes to go unbeaten from now until retaining his status as Olympic champion again in Japan. Not an easy task. Petronius, though, is used to the difficult road. He took to gymnastics straight away as a kid, but walked away from the sport for four years as a teenager. He wanted to be normal. He was tired of training. After a rest, he wanted to return to the sport with a clear aim, to be the best. People laughed. They always do, and he was used to this. He'd been picked on for his height as a kid. They used to call him short. Petronius had the last laugh as he became Olympic champion on the rings at Rio 2016. There are some things that just can't be laughed off, though. Just two weeks before the 2015 World Championships in Glasgow, his dad died. Even competing in that situation took huge courage and bravery. He went on to win, becoming world champion. So, on the eve of his return to Glasgow for the European Championships, I gave him a call. We covered a lot of topics, but I started off by asking him about the bullying, how he coped. Olympic Channel Podcast Exclusive. Of course, it was it was affecting me in the be- in the beginning, but uh, to make it fun and to turn it to funny funny moment, I was answering to all the kids, uh, "Can you do a backflip?" And I was doing a backflip, so that was my answer. Uh, I was doing a backflip, and I was saying, "You cannot do that because you're 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 taller than me." Uh, that was <laughs> that was my my way of answer, and. Uh, as, as the years uh, was uh, passing, uh, I realized that uh, it was it, it, it was to, to be a little bit short. It was what it ma- what it makes me what I am. So I turned it to from bullying to to something uh, positive for me in my life. So it didn't affect me because I was a strong kid. But another kid with, a, with in another situation. Uh, it can affect him and, and a lot of weird things are happening when the kids are bullying. 
I think one of the things sometimes about bullying is worrying that people might not believe you if you speak out or maybe think that you're weak because you're being bullied. How did you overcome that problem? In the beginning, when, when, when uh, bullying is starting to you, you have some chances to not believe you, the people around you, when you go and talk about it. But if you insist in this uh, situation uh, and talk about it again with your parents or with your teacher and uh, scream about that and, uh, and be loud for, for what someone is doing to you, in the end, someone will listen to you. So, uh, we don't need uh, to hide this problem uh, in our soul, but we need to, to scream it loudly for, uh, un until someone is listening. Obviously, no one wants to get bullied or even see someone get bullied. But did the experience, in a way, make you stronger or mentally tougher? And then could you channel that into your performances in gymnastics? There is a phrase that they say that uh, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So uh, I believe that uh, hard situations in our lives, not only bullying but everything, if we stand and not uh, bend on our, on our knees, uh, I think uh, it will make us uh, stronger. And of course, it, ma it made me uh, more powerful and confident for myself uh, because uh, I managed it so well. This is not happening to every, every kid. So we need to make it, uh, to make uh, Andy bullying uh, bigger. One of the things I wanted to talk about was, and it's a big topic in gymnastics at the moment, Olympic gold medalist Ali Raisman has recently won an award for her courage along with 140 other women. She was abused by Larry Nasser, the former USA Gymnastics and Michigan State doctor, who in January was sentenced to up to 175 years in prison for molesting hundreds of young women. How much do you respect Ali Raisman for what she's done and what can we learn from her? Ali Raisman and, uh, and the other girls from, from the US team, they are heroes for what they did. Of course, I was wondering why they, 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 they spoke so late. Because this guy was, was a bad guy and he was doing bad things for many years. So uh, I have tons of respect to these girls and I admire them. Uh, and I think they are inspiration for many women around the world. I read a quote in an article and it struck me as really important. Uh, it was Ali Raisman talking about the support that she'd been receiving since speaking out. To know that you're not alone, because sometimes you feel alone, I guess it resonated because sometimes you think, wow, they've spoken out, that's really amazing, job done. But really, it's going to be a long process before you can really say that truthfully. For you, though... How important is it for the gymnastics community to kind of confront these issues and keep talking about them? It's, it's really important the gymnastics community to, to push in the top this, this, uh, the whole story to make a lot of more, more things to happening against to these actions and again and against to these people. So I'm really supportive to this.
uh, on this. And of course, uh, I'm supporting the girls, and of course, I'm supporting everything that has happened that that is going on with anti bullying. Our phrase in Greece in anti bullying is it was don't be afraid to speak. There is always someone by your side. Yeah, I think it's sometimes easy to say, but hard to do, to have that courage to speak up. And I think just listening to Ali Raisman, gymnastics has clearly really hurt her deeply, obviously, irreversibly in some ways, but it's also, I don't know, kind of made her superhuman and mentally super strong through everything she's been through, of course, with the case, but also just from competing and at an elite level. What ways do you think gymnastics makes you mentally stronger? I think gymnastics is a, it's a tough sport because uh, there is a lot of causes. Because uh, you start gymnastics at the age of four or five years old, and you are uh, you have training for thousands of hours in your back and. Uh, the, the the athletes, men and women also, uh, in in order to to be okay with that and to be to to, to be able to handle uh, so many hours of training and so many competitions and so many uh, a lot of things that they are happening when you are training every day, 365 years uh, days a, a year. Uh, they, are, they, they have to be not only uh, in, in their body, but their mind and, their, and mentally to be strong and have courage to, to handle all this. So it's one of the biggest reasons that I'm, I'm trying to, to, to push the kids in Greece, in gymnastics, because they are able, uh, after, after some years of gymnastics, to stand on their feet and speak and uh, defend themselves and their rights. So I will, I, I think that uh, the situation with Ali, uh, it was, she had the, the, the physical and, men, and, and men, the mentality to speak and uh, the courage to speak. And one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons, it was the sport that she is doing, gymnastics. One of the things I find really interesting about yourself is that you started out as a youngster, obsessed with gymnastics, and then there was a period when you completely stepped away from the sport, which I think I've, people can relate to that. You came back and you went on to win Olympic gold. What gave you the courage and the humility to come back to the sport? It was a difficult decision, but uh, I, will, I will say again that I had in my back uh, thousands of hours of training so to make the, the conversation a little bit fun I didn't make that only to have a nice body uh, I, <laughs> I, make, I made all this training to, to reach somewhere and I'm, I'm the guy who set, who set targets and goals always in my life so I started again with, uh, with only one thought to win what I deserve uh, what would be that? Uh, I didn't know, I didn't know, but 
I knew that it was not just a good body. <laughs> so I started again to do, uh, of course, always humble, uh, always stay humble. And of course, I started again to do whatever I know best in my life to do, gymnastics and especially rings. It's not often, though, that you hear of people being able to step away from the sport and then come back at such an elite level because you've missed out on a big period of important training. Were there a lot of people who came up to you and said, like, thanks, but no thanks, we don't really need you anymore? Almost everyone said that. Uh, <laughs> almost everyone was saying, that, what is he doing here? Why is he here? Uh, uh, some, some, some coaches said, uh, wait, you don't go home to, to start the university and uh, do something in your life because as, as in, in the category of, of men's, uh, you're not able to do anything. So almost one or two guys uh, believed in me. My first, my first coach then and the coach that I have right now, they, they had faith in me. But everyone else was saying from, from athletes and coaches uh, around, I was always in, uh, always in my ears, uh, it was coming the phrase, what is he doing here? I went back and I listened to an interview just after you'd won in Rio 2016. And you said, I don't know how it feels to be an Olympic champion. I'm not sure. But one thing you were sure about was that your father was there on the Olympic podium with you. He passed away a year before that moment in 2015, just before the World Championships in Glasgow. And you won there too. Were you given almost more strength knowing that he was there with you? I, I still don't know how it is to be an Olympic champion. The only thing that I know is that I need and I have. It's, my, it's, it's what I have to do. My mission is to, make a, a to be a positive guy for all the kids in Greece. So I think that's what an Olympic champion does. And of course, my father was there at the podium. Because if he wasn't, I, I wouldn't stack my dismount. I, I'm pretty sure. But it, it was, it was not, it was, it was not luck. But it was, he was there. I'm sure. When these uh, difficult things are happening in your life, uh, you need to, to choose between two things: to give up on everything, or to go harder. So, I, I chose to go harder and do all this, all this try for him. And uh, I was pretty sure that uh, he would want the same thing for me. And I just decided to go harder. And it worked. Because I think he was by my side in, in Glasgow at, the, at that moment, uh, 2015, also in Rio. And... Uh, he should be proud. <laughs> you, like a lot of gymnasts, give off an impression that you're very confident, very calm before you're competing. But I want to ask you, are you actually really scared inside? Are you like nervous to perform in that moment? I am nervous always in the competition, uh, but uh, of course I'm confident because my, I have a very good coach and uh, when the preparation is it's it's very good. Uh, I'm confident. I'm confident that I'm gonna win. 
So at the moment that uh, at the moment our execution, the execution, my execution of, of my rings routine, it's it's it has become very good, uh, good enough to say that, for example, if my shoulder is okay and I compete in European, I will win. And are you able to make it to Glasgow for the European Championships? I know you've had a shoulder injury, right? The last uh, few months, uh, the last six months, I'm struggling with the shoulder injury, but uh, I'm really positive that I will make it happen. I really believe that uh, I need to uh, win the fourth title in a row, so I really want to uh, make it happen in, in Glasgow. And it's two years to go until Tokyo 2020, of course. What's your aim? the next Olympic cycle then? The answer is a big yes, because uh, I want to, to go in Tokyo. I want to win the second gold Olympic medal in a row. Till, till we arrive to Tokyo, uh, the goal is to go without any lose. So we have three European championships and two world championships, and then Tokyo. So my goal is to go to Tokyo, and till Tokyo, don't lose. Olympic Channel podcast. Thanks to Elif Deris for his time, his coach for being patient, plus special thanks to producer Iliana Mia. She helped to record the interview in Athens, and we've all now seen the awful pictures of the wildfires in Greece, which was unfolding as we did the interview. So thoughts to anyone affected by that. Much love. And also, speaking up is serious and difficult. If you go to olympicchannel.com and find our interview with Eleftherius, we've put a few links in there with some advice if you are in that situation. So if you did miss our exclusive interview with Simone Biles, then where have you been? It's all live on olympicchannel.com. The four-time Olympic champion was back in action at the US Classic and was in great form. We spoke to her just before and it's all written up. She spoke to us about her comeback, her new coach and having the twisties, a mental block that kind of meant that she'd forgotten how to execute some of her moves. Like I said, that's on olympicchannel.com right now. Okay then, just before we go, last week we spoke about the late figure skater Dennis Ten with his friend Olympic gold medalist Alona Savchenko. She was understandably upset about losing Dennis, who was stabbed to death in his home country of Kazakhstan. Loads of people left us their tributes to Dennis Ten, which was really nice to see. At Sarah M Forever tweeted, I'm so heartbroken about all this, but Dennis Ten will live on in the ways he has touched all our lives. And at La underscore Zylinski said, I will forever be so sad and heartbroken about this. Dennis Ten was a fantastic human being on and off the ice. If you've had any thoughts about this episode or any others, we are at Olympic Channel on all the socials. For a podcast recommendation, I've just polished off the third series of Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell. It takes overlooked or misunderstood moments in history and gives them a fresh perspective. It's non-sporty, but I really, really enjoyed it. Right, remember that if you like this episode, then I would be really grateful for a five-star review anywhere, but especially on iTunes. If you know any other Olympic nuts out there who would like this podcast, then tell them we would love to have them aboard. Right, that's it for now. Until next time. Think like an Olympian.